Hi everyone. To mark the occasion of Miskeo Parfums, first birthday as an independent perfume brand, my good friend and collaborator, perfumer Marie-Pierre Blanchett, sat down with me to record this podcast um, and to do something a little bit different that might allow listeners to get to know us a little bit better. We hope you enjoy. Creative collaborator and my very good friend Marie, all the way from Berlin today. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, uh, for our listeners, I um, want to just sort of introduce what we're going to be doing today. Um, I, I think more more for the fact that um, just to address the fact that there's so much real shit going on in the world at the moment mm. um it's actually hard to um think about stuff that you would normally well i, I know for myself i'm only speaking for myself uh, i'm sure you probably feel similarly uh that it it is kind of hard to uh enjoy stuff that you take for granted when you see so much mm suffering i can only put it that way because if you've got any sort of compassion or or empathy for people mm. um it's really hard to try and stay optimistic um in a way but uh, you know i guess ultimately we we have to because you know mm. we we wake up every day and we've got lives to live um and uh so I think we're going to do this something a little bit lighthearted today. Um, but I know, Marie, you obviously feel very strongly about it, um, mm -hmm. at least as much as I do it anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, what we're witnessing is horrific. Um, and I do find it hard to just, you know, go on with my day and specifically for perfume to kind of continue to believe that you know perfume and art are a necessity but i strongly believe that it is and i think through art and you know it makes us not lose hope and not lose hope in humanity yeah. i think it feeds us in different ways so hence what we're why we're doing this today um which still a lot of sadness in my heart, but yeah. I think we, we need, we need to go on, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely. I definitely echo all, all your sentiments. So some, some people are really um, good at, at talking about stuff like this. I, I find myself mm. when, when I'm ups, you know, when something like this is as upsetting, I find it almost paralyzing in a way that it's mm -hmm. very difficult to to express um all the all the empathy and um and anger and so today um we're going to do something uh, a little bit a little bit light we need a bit of levity um mm -hmm. and um we haven't we don't we haven't spoken for a little while and we thought that um well you actually came up with this idea and 
we're going to do an adaptation of the the Proust questionnaire. And funnily enough, until you mentioned it to me, I had never heard of it. Um, do you? <laughs> so all I know about it since you told me is that this this was a, a questionnaire that um, the author Marcel Proust. Um, Mm-hmm. I don't know if he actually made it up or he, he definitely um, was associated with it. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's a series of questions for people who don't know. It's a series of questions that you answer. Um, it is supposedly supposed to tell you a little bit about your personality or your, your psyche. Um, I think mm-hmm. in this case we'll just take it at face value and um, <laughs> uh, because we have adap- adapted some of these questions to be, you know, kind of perfume related as well. But yeah. um, so uh, like I, I think you, the link you sent me, Marie, um, so this is usually at the end of uh, Vanity Fair magazine, is that right? And yeah. someone usually answers it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the magazines like Vanity Shirts, not just them, I guess yeah. uh, the Proust questionnaire has been used uh, in many different instances. But yeah, usually they're just like very short answers. Um, and I think both of us will try to, you know, try to do this, well, but both of us are also big chatters. So it's yeah. <laughs> going to be hard to be succinct in our answers. Uh, yeah, let's see. Let's see what happens. Let's kick things off. So the first question um, we have in this questionnaire is what is, so just for the audience, I'll say the original question is what is your idea of perfect happiness? In our case, what is your idea of a perfect perfume? I think for me, a perfect perfume is when the artist's intent and the result of it really comes together beautifully and really tells a story. So I think it's like, yeah, that those two things combined. So it's not just yeah. how it smells, but that it fits the intent behind it. That's interesting that you came to that answer from a kind of perfumer's perspective because mm-hmm. my answer it was all about a wearer's perspective and my the idea of my perfect perfume um is not even one a particular smell it's basically mm-hmm. my perfect perfume is one that i can wear at any given moment and it's always going to be right for that moment mm-hmm. and um just make give me the mood shift or change that i'm looking for uh-huh. um not many perfumes can do that. Like I have a few perfumes that are always always make me feel good. Um, but that ideally, my perfect perfume would be something that is never going to let me down. It's not going to bother other people, and I'm always going to pretty much have like this inner smile wearing it. Nice, nice. Do you want to say which perfumes are doing that for you? <laughs> uh, Just one. Yeah, off the top of my head. Well, actually, the one that I'm wearing right now um, is from Jean-Claude Elena, and mm. it's uh, Equipage Geranium from Hermès. Ah, yeah. So a good I, classic like, for you. Yeah, it, it <laughs> just never never fails me. Like, I literally sprayed it on, like, a, a, an hour ago, and, like, 
my my face, I don't know, no one's going to be able to see my face, but my eyes slightly rolled back in my head and, you know, like and I just <laughs> did this um, and it was just oh. all good. All right. Okay, second question. So in okay. the questionnaire, uh, the original is what is your greatest fear? Um, and I think maybe we can answer this as what is your greatest fear as a perfumer or evaluator? Um, yeah, so go ahead. Well, look, this one to me is a very obvious one. Given that we love perfume so much, I'm terrified of losing my sense of smell. Um, mm. And, like, it's interesting because when we were in the the middle of COVID um, mm. and pe some people were losing their sense of smell, um, uh, like, at the time, I, I funnily enough, it, I wasn't that frightened of that happening but when I look back at it now I it would have just like sort of kind of changed my life completely mm. if I'd lost my sense of smell um although I don't know how permanent it has been for people that that's happened to um I remember you got COVID and you said your sense of smell changed slightly when, when mm -hmm. you got it right yeah actually two times so when I yeah. first got like the first vaccine I got was the harshest reaction I've ever had, even worse than when I actually had COVID. So when I first had the vaccine, um, I lost my sense of smell and taste for about a week. Yeah. And then for another couple of weeks, it was so weird. And the weirdness, like the, um, how did, how is it called? It's not anosmia, it's the other word, where you have like phantom smells. Yeah. So both when I had a vaccine and when I had COVID, I had phantom smells. So when I was working, materials that smelled some something like some way in particular didn't smell like this at all. And mm. um, I had weird smells that I kept smelling for weeks after. So it was... I was also terrified when this yeah. happened because I was like, if it's permanent, I'm, I'm screwed. Like <laughs> yeah. I cannot oh, smell look. things the normal way anymore. Exactly. And, and you're yeah. like, you're in the middle of getting ready to launch uh, Miss Care yeah. as well. And it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Exactly. And, and so, and what was, what's your greatest fear? Is it similar or did you, do you, did you think of other things as well? Mm, I think for sure the same, but I want to mm. add to this to me, it's, I guess globally not being able to do what I do now. So whether because I'm losing my sense of smell or because um I don't know, I cannot afford it anymore. Um yeah. or you know, other circumstances makes it that, you know, I cannot keep my business open or I cannot continue being a perfumer um as my main job, I think that would be that. That's yeah. definitely understandable. So we're up to the third question now, in, and that is, what is the trait you most, uh, so the original is, what is the trait you most deplore in yourself? Um, but what is the trait that you most deplore as a perfumer and for mm. me, I guess, evaluator? That's, mm. that's a tricky one. I mean, yeah. For me, I think as a creator... I would say my self-doubt. Um, mm -hmm. I think I wish I had a more developed ego <laughs> where 
I don't doubt myself so much. And, and I wish I could believe I'm great all the time. Yeah, <laughs> Be yeah. a bit delusional. Uh, yeah, I want to say myself doubt. I think this is my own stuff that I need to get over uh, frequently. Um, mm. Yeah. About you. Well, you know, we've we've talked about this, and I have the same. I have the same obvious mm. um, trait that, yeah, like, it all comes down to a bit of imposter syndrome and yeah. um, having a bit of self belief or faith that, um, you know, we we get we get feedback, uh, we get external feedback that you know what we're doing is like good. Someone, other people like it. But it's all you know. It's always that nagging doubt in the mm. in the back of your head, um, and you know, like even even recently, we've had conversations about oh, you know, like that make me make me, uh, I guess, uh, second guess as well. I'm I'm sure that that happens to you as well. Yeah, totally. And I mean, yeah. it's it's the um, I mean, it's part of your journey as a person yeah. and as a creator to kind of get over these you know self-beliefs that we have and i think i don't think i will ever be rid of it and i don't think you either i think it's just yeah. part of who we are and um, yeah. i think we get better at you know getting over it and or managing how it makes us feel but yeah in the end it's just part of the journey as a creator yeah, exactly. I think over time, if you suddenly don't appear to be as, um, or you appear to be more confident, that's really just more having more experience at hiding it. <laughs> hiding exactly. Yeah, exactly. Number four, then. Okay. What is the trait that you most deplore in others? I think is the original question. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to shape it as what is the trait you most deplore in the fragrance community? I mean, deplore seems like a very strong feeling. Harsh. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, and I don't really deplore any, like, I, I honestly, I don't deplore really anything in the fragrance community um what i what i don't what i would prefer not to see <laughs> i'll put it this way is like i i don't want um the fragrance community to to turn into uh like a a transactional thing like a transactional mm-hmm. entity um and and it's all about um I mean, like, it, it, you can't avoid the fact that a lot of it is social media. So, like, what I don't like about it is the is the the brand building and the you know, like, being desperate to be the first to do this and mm. and and smell that and like, you know, if we if we want to really try and think about this as art. It can't ever be a, a competition. Um, mm-hmm. Like so, I really, I really hate the aspect of perfume being a competitive sport. Like, and and mm-hmm. that tends to happen in little um, subgroups of the fragrance community. Like, you know, the, where there's a real emphasis on performance and mm. achieving a result, i.e., getting a compliment or you know. Yeah the opposite sex and 
Yeah, so um, that, that's what I really don't like about the fragrance community So and everything mm -hmm. that goes along with that. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I would echo that um, as well. But if I put my perfumer's hat for mm -hmm. a second, and I think for me is, um, you know, if we're talking about art and about people creating stuff, I personally find it sometimes hard um, to see how people um, sometimes trash other people's work or even my work. Yeah. Um, and it's not because I cannot take a critique. Actually, I've been, you know, I was a designer for 20 years. My, I was shaped to be able to take a critique and critique other people's work. And this is something I think is absolutely important when you create art and mm -hmm. anything else that's like a creative uh, production. But I think a lot of what I read, and not just about my stuff, about anyone's stuff, is, you know, taste, opinions. It's not critique. Yeah. Um, and for me, I just, it, it feels like just a lack of basic empathy and kindness for people creating things and putting these things out there. And yeah. um, I think sometimes people forget that, you know, humans make this, not AI, not machine. Yeah. There are people behind the stuff you're smelling and that you're trashing. Um, and yeah, I think, again, it's not about critique. Critique is healthy and art, but, you know, opinions just to, you know, make yourself important or interesting at the expense of someone else's, you know, work, I think is not really nice. Yeah, we both know there are people that like to do that to sort of big note themselves. So we'll leave it at that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, so we are up to which living person slash perfume person um, do you most admire um so it can be perfume related and then we can pick someone not perfume related i guess mm -hmm. um uh, in general the people i admire are always um people that do things for love um because of passion that do it with integrity that are also ballsy and punk a little bit so I think the first person that comes to mind for me, and this is kind of my love letter to them, is probably Brooke Belden from Saint-Celier. Um, they managed to, you know, create this beautiful business um, and beautiful presence in the perfume industry, in the perfume community that's intelligent, kind, and respectful, passionate, educated and i think i they really do this out of love which i immensely respect um so yes i think brooke would be one of my person i admire yeah i love you brooke um and then i guess um you know perfumers that just take risks um and maybe you know, kind of innovate or compose perfume in a different way. So just, you know, think of the classic Elena when he started, like people didn't have his style so much. I think like very deliberate, 
with a lot of clarity in the way he composes, but, you know, still composing masterpiece out of the same materials that everyone has, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. I can name him, and of course, Germaine Cellier and Lo Daniel also, I think, is, has been using materials in a similar way and also just for his integrity. So these would be my perfume people and non-perfume people. It's somewhat the same. Like I, I like um, people that are really aligned with the work as well. And I, in another podcast, I named um, Vivian Westwood and Lady Gaga and Björk as well, because I think they're all phenomenal artists. Um, they had a clarity of vision uh, for their work. Just, you know, a bit punk as well, which mm. I always love. What about mm. you? In, in, in perfume, I'm, I'm going to talk about, um, I'm probably not going to name individuals. I know it's a bit of a cop out, but I, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to talk about, but I am going to talk about people that I have met and come to know um, through doing through doing this, right? Um, the people that I admire the most are the people that don't separate their their personal values from their art or their mm. business, um, whether they're just a blogger or not just a blogger, whether they're a blogger, um, a YouTuber, a perfumer. Um, I, I want to know what your value system is. Mm. Uh, and as long as you don't present one face to your your audience and another mm. face um, in your real life, um, mm -hmm. you, you have my admiration at the very least, my, my respect. And the people that I get close to um, in this community, uh, like I always feel so uncomfortable calling it community, but uh, for want of a better word, um, the people that I get close to are those people. Like, and, you know, like obviously yourself, but people like James Elliott at Filigree and Shadow, like mm. I've like formed a great um, friendship with with him. Um, and, mm. you know, people, people we've, like we've met recently, like, uh, mm. I mean, I've, started talking to um, Diane St. Clair, for instance, a mm -hmm. bit, and I really enjoyed talking to her. And then I have, like, lots of my other friends, that you know, that YouTube friends and Instagram mm -hmm. friends, and they're the people that, you know, like I keep close to me um, because, like, we, we share the same, you know, they don't have to be the same and they don't have to agree with me with everything I agree with, but... I like to know that they um, th they will speak up for themselves mm -hmm. when when they need to. Um, mm -hmm. So that that's that's who I admire in perfume. Um, when it comes to out, outside of perfume, it's really difficult because, uh, like, uh, maybe you know, even a couple of weeks ago, I could have named people that I admire from afar, um, but. I'm a bit wary these days about naming people because recently I've just found out about some people that I used to admire for their work and mm -hmm. they've turned out to be absolute shit people <laughs> like in, <laughs> in real life, you know, like yeah. so So if I, if I ever find out that, um, you know, someone I just admire from a, whether it be a celebrity or, or whoever, an artist, um, and they turn out to be also really 
awesome people, then I will admire them. <laughs> mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I like I love Lady Gaga as well, so I really hope she's a she's a good person. <laughs> yeah, I me too. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Okay. Next question in a questionnaire is: What is your greatest extravagance? And then maybe we can yeah make it. What is your greatest perfume extravagance? Um, I mean, like I have to say, um, perfume is my greatest extravagance yeah. uh, <laughs> because I I, the, I don't spend the amount of money um, on another thing that's as, as as much of a luxury as as perfume. I like you know, and if I consider it a, an art form, I'm not spending money on that's the same amount of money on music or paintings or or books, um, the, you know, like so from a financial extravagant point of view, it's it's always going to be perfume mm. because I like to pay for most of my perfume. So <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. So so that's really I, I and honestly I can't I can't really think of anything else that like I I in my life that I I mean obviously if I had the means. Like I would spend every other dollar on traveling, <laughs> so mm. yeah, that would be my my big extravagance. I mean, even you know, even just going, being able to go to Milan for a perfume show is a big extravagance. Yeah, absolutely. What about at least you, you combine traveling and yeah, traveling exactly. and perfume? Yeah. Um, on my side, perfume related, I think um, as an indie perfumer is just being able to put as much as I want of a material in a perfume and not giving a shit about, you know, someone telling me not to do that. Um, So first is having very expensive naturals and second, just using them as much as I want um, versus commercial perfume. So maybe this is my greatest extravagance as a perfumer. Otherwise, I think I'm a food snob in general. <laughs> I like good things in life. So I will spend large sums of money on food, whether it's going to restaurants, which I don't actually, I don't do that very often. But if I want to have a nice meal, I don't mind paying a lot for it because I immensely respect that profession as well. But I will also pay a lot of money for good olive oil, uh, for yeah. good spices for good wine and whiskey, um, yeah, good tea as well. Food snob. <laughs> oh, but, you know, that's that's what I call living, Marie. Okay, the next question is, what is your current state of mind? And I guess for, for, for this mm. purpose is, well, let, shall, we, shall we phrase it as what, what is your current, um, yeah, what, what do you think of the current state of, perfumery i Mm. guess if you want to answer it that way i mean because i think Mm. everyone's current state of mind well at least ours at the moment is a little bit of sadness um but but what do you think of the current state of perfumery i mean i i there's we can do an entire podcast just yeah yeah of course i think um i think the current state is um maybe there's a bit of a better balance now in terms of like how many release there are 
uh, per year. I think 2023 was much less than the years uh, prior. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think like I've seen recently like a lot more independent perfumer taking a bit more space in the industry and discussion. So I think or I'm hopeful that there will be um, yeah, more equal opportunity or e- more visibility for different kinds of perfumery that is not just the commercial or the, you know, financially backed, you know, independent, and I'm doing massive air quotes at, yeah. uh, at the moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think you know the current state is not great. There's still a lot to do in terms of transparency, in terms of um, in terms of support for farmers, for the actual creators. Um, but I'm hopeful it's slowly improving. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep my answer succinct um, because I'll just base it on purely face value what i what i see it like for you know true independent brands uh perfumers they're still it seems like really behind the really starting from behind in terms of getting exposure visibility um apart from apart from all the other stuff that they already have to do um when your main source of publicity is social media and mm. that is being dominated by um, sort of uh, company-owned, sort of silent company-owned subsidiary brands who mm. are cashed up, get some nice bottles, get some generic-smelling perfume, send them all out like that's what dominates your social media feed like i'm i'm just calling it as as i see it right mm. um like it really makes it difficult for for like i think the big designers um they just keep doing what they what they do um but but at the same time if you want to find actual artistry um mm in perfume like you have to go looking for indie perfumers to give it to you mm-hmm. because those yeah, yeah. middle those middle tier those middle tier brands that um aren't the big aren't the big designers but have got enough money to flood the market um they're not trying to produce anything original i'm i'm generalizing obviously right mm. but their their obvious main aim is to make money, and like we're like yeah. we all like we all are, but but their their number one priority is not to make anything artistic or original. In my mind, anyway. Yeah, I think the intent is different, right? Everyone yeah. needs money. Unfortunately, yeah. this is the world we live in. Yeah, you know. So yes, I also am. Tr- I want money because I need to live. But my intent yeah. in life is not to make money versus bigger, larger, corporate, financially backed, you know, even niche yeah. or, you know, fake independence. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Number eight is what do you consider the most overrated virtue? And I'm going to add in a perfume. Um, I'm going to be, this is really succinct. The most overrated virtue in a perfume is longevity and projection. Ah, that's my answer too. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We can move. We can move on. <laughs> that's it. Moving on. Okay. Yeah. I mean, number it nine. means nothing if it doesn't smell good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, number nine. All right. So the question is: On what occasion do you lie? Um, <laughs> I mean, let, let's answer. Look, let's answer this one as however we want. Okay. Like. Uh, um, I've got an answer for this. I mean, for me, usually it's just not to hurt someone's feelings. Yeah, yeah. I try I try not to lie in general, but if I do, it's just to, you know, yeah. preserve someone's dignity yeah. and or preserve their feelings. Yeah. Um, exactly the same for me. I mean, obviously, uh, it, it, to not hurt other people's feelings, but, you know, I'm not going to lie here and say that sometimes... <laughs> Um, I lie to benefit myself. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not I'm not an angel. I'm not a hundred percent Mr. Innocent, okay? So <laughs> no, but I mean obviously the number one thing is you don't want to hurt someone with mm. those lies. All right. Okay, number uh, ten. Yes. Next one. So number ten originally was what do you most dislike about your appearance? Mm -hmm. But let's talk about bottle design and packaging design and see what you have to say about that. Look, I I've just never been a fan of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Gaudy, um, extravagant packaging. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't care about gems on a bottle cap or gold flakes in the liquid. Um, mm. Like, I appreciate good design, but I think I like, I like um, good, really nice lines, um, but simple sort of, mm. um, I guess, clean minimalism in in perfume bottles because um my my bottles are not on display for anyone to look at so mm. like in fact you know lately i just keep them in my bot in their boxes and when i use them i just take them out so it doesn't actually matter and if i feel like the price of a perfume um i'm more paying for that bottle than the perfume inside mm. Um, then that puts me off as well. Uh, yeah, that, totally. And I think I would echo what you've just said as well. Like I don't like, you know, over the top um, designs. But that being said, I think there is the kid in me that still likes bottles that are unique um, and that there's still some thought that went into it. Like, of I would absolutely love to be able to afford like, you know, custom bottles for Miss Kale, but yeah. that stuff is honestly packaging and bottle is what's the most expensive in a perfume always yeah. in anyone yeah. in the mainstream commercial. Mm -hmm. It's always the most expensive part. Um, but I like like a good bottle that says things, maybe not to the degree of like Billie Eilish's, yeah bust bottles bust, like yeah. this is a bit much for me but you know i like 
you know, I like that there's still some thought that went into it. Yeah, I, I like. Don't get me wrong, because I, I think, I, like, I actually appreciate some quite iconic bo- mm. bottle design. Like, I, I have a soft spot for Jean Jean Paul Gaultier Le Mal. Um, the, <laughs> the, like, but, but I think that's because it was like it was a perfume I wore when I was a young guy as well. Mm. And when I, when I first got that perfume, like, it looked nothing else looked like it you know like it, it came in that can um that that yeah. and and uh, like it was just like everyone knew what it was um yeah. i appreciated it for that um mm-hmm. and yeah so like i i do appreciate like iconic designs um mm-hmm. it's just you know i don't need the extravagance at all yeah totally uh, so this one here is uh the question was, which living person do you most despise? But in our case, uh, which trend do you most despise? Mm. Um, in terms of scent, I, yeah. I don't necessarily have trends that I despise so much because I think, you know, trends are just a reflection of the zeitgeist or people's taste, and I, I don't have opinions about people's taste. Yeah. You know, um, they can like whatever they can like. I don't mind. I don't like um some content trends though. I I don't like the panty dropper trend. Yeah, yeah. The you know beef most trends. Yeah. The top three sexy perfume trends. I, it's just, it feels just so reductive of what this art form is. Yeah. Uh, this annoys the shit out of me in general. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I forgot to mention now, uh, this is not going to be um, censored for, for bad language. So Marie is yeah, sorry. To, <laughs> to have a potty mouth and uh, I fully encourage your swearing. Okay. Um, my, <laughs> What what trends do I despise? I mean, I'm like I'm with you with all all of that uh, as well. Um, I don't know if I despise it. I'm a little bit worried about um, the the I guess the interest in using AI to create um, perfumes. Like mm. I, I know I know maybe it's something that like could be embraced, but I, I just worry. Um, about where that, what that will mean in the future, I guess, um, and mm. taking taking the humanity out of the of the creating um, part of it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's a very very early days there. So, but I'm with you on the other stuff. Um, yeah, and the, everything else is a matter of taste, really. Like in terms of mm-hmm. perfume perfume trends, like what what gets made yeah. mainstream. Is what people are buying. So exactly. Okay, moving on to the next one, number twelve. Um, was originally what is the quality you most like in a man, uh, which mm. we're replacing. What is the quality you most like in mainstream perfumes? The the fact of the matter is, like, if we're talking about mainstream perfume, a quality I like to see in mainstream perfume is a little bit of originality. Like so, mm-hmm. so. My issue is when 
I walk into a department store, and again, I'm always generalizing a little bit. And if I smell three or four, you know, men's fragrances in in in, in commas, um, like seriously, they. Uh, I just think they all smell the same. And if I smell mm-hmm. something that's that's like memorable or does something different to that, then then it's a quality I admire. If a design if a, if a big designer, which is what we normally find in department stores, is willing mm-hmm. to um do something different um from mm-hmm. the norm, then I admire that, especially if if they're at designer prices you know like if they're Mm -hmm. yeah so that's that's what um yeah that's the answer to my question to the question i mean i i can actually segue to this because that's mine uh, the quality i appreciate the most in commercial perfume is their accessibility yeah like the fact that you can find them everywhere and that they're usually uh, at a price point that more people can afford i think in general that's their key feature is this and their key qualities that people can actually more easily buy them. And that's not even really a quality more than, you know, an outcome of what they are as a large corporate owned um, brands. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. says a lot about yeah. commercial perfume. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the, the second part of this question, um, I mean, what was originally what quality you most like in a woman, but we're going to go with mm-hmm. what, so what's the quality you most like about indie perfumes, Rory? Well, obviously the artistic intent behind it. Yeah, obviously that, and I guess um, the, the, a bit what I said earlier about materials, so I want to say independent perfumers are allowed to use whatever materials they want, and however quantity that they want and you know compose however they want and so i think this is you know when you're buying perfume from a reputable artistic independent perfumer that you'll get a lot more bang for your buck i think in general i guess that's that the the thing i like about indie perfume is that um, I feel like I'm getting something from the – I'm getting a, a piece of the person mm-hmm. who created it, whether that be uh, an indie perfumer who's making the perfumes or even an indie perfumer like a, who is a, a creative director and, and, and mm-hmm. works with perfumers to create their vision, it's still mm-hmm. like I feel like I'm getting a piece of their personality um, and they're mm-hmm. sharing that with – with me that that's something you you can only get with indie perfume really like yep. uh, you can't you can't get that with with chanel or Guerlain or dior like you know no. that's that's part of being being part of the population whereas indie perfumers um if you find something you really like um you feel like it it, it just makes it all the more personal mm-hmm. exactly and i think this is like you know, when you buy art, you know you're getting, you know, something that someone created from their self, from their own inner world. So yeah, that's what that's what's interesting. Okay, number fourteen. Fourteen is which word or phrases you most overuse? 
in general, perfume or not related? Yeah. I, look, I know because I make videos and I have to edit them. Like I'm very conscious of how many times I say, you know, you know, you know. <laughs> like, how do I, I, maybe you don't know, but like I'm, I'm just assuming you know. So I, I'm so like self-conscious about that because I only, I only hear it when I'm editing videos and I'm listening to myself mm. say it. Um, so that's the one thing I'm aware of. I definitely overuse that phrase. Mm. I think for me there are two things. First, I swear a lot. You just mentioned <laughs> it. So probably some swear words. And also the word like I also say a lot, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, well, I mean, you may overuse it, but it's endearing. It's an endearing quality. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, this question was, what or who is the greatest love of your life? And in, and for us, mm. which perfumes or materials are the greatest loves of your life? Um, <clears throat> I don't have one perfume in particular because there are just too many beautiful mm-hmm. things that exist. But I want to say that there are, materials i would not be able to live without um i can name at least a couple uh, labdanum absolute like i want to drink that shit it's so amazing (laughs) um a good patchouli like forever i just love patchouli and then stuff like vanilla absolute or mm. a real beautiful jasmine sandback or orange blossom yeah i don't see myself being able to create without these ones yeah in general yeah from my personal point of view um there, there's a few materials that i've loved from in like basically anytime i smell them in a perfume it makes me like that perfume. Um, if uh, like I've always, I know it's a bit divisive, but I've always loved Immortel. Like in mm. almost in any perfume that has Immortel, I'm more than likely going to like that perfume. Um, I'm the same mm-hmm. with patchouli as well. Although mm. I can be fussier about a good patchouli perfume, but I love patchouli. Um, mm. Orange blossom is probably my favorite white floral. Um, and I really love, I really love, um, from the perspective of smelling raw ingredients as well. Um, I really love benzoin. Um, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So if, if there's an amber accord where there's a nice dose of benzoin as well as labdanum, but, um, you know, like that's, that's my, my kryptonite. Okay. Oh, that's a bit, that's a big one, number 16. <laughs> When and where were you happiest is the original question. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we can twist it towards perfume, it's yeah. like when and where were, were you happiest in the perfume world, whether it's your role as an evaluator yeah. or, you know, doing your podcasts and your, you know, YouTube channel. So any of those can work. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, there's two, there's two, like, um, two definite times uh, occasions that I can name right so uh, and definitely when I started working with you and started um like helping like 
giving my evaluations for your early perfumes and like all that that whole period before we launched with the four perfumes like mm-hmm. like i i never felt um like as what's the word i'm looking for like i like i definitely felt valued that um i was doing that um but but also just the, the sense of helping to create something mm-hmm. that you know one once never existed and now does exist like that feels like like that was real a real happy time to be doing that um and i've, I've got to say like um earlier this year when when we were up in when we were in milan and meeting mm. a bunch of amazing people that we only like sort of met um online before and smelling all those perfumes and mm. you know eating italian food like uh, i was genuinely happy <laughs> like uh, you know if i'm in italy <laughs> i'm happy yeah of course yeah so that, that that were the happiest times and they were both to do with perfume i same for me i think very uh, very similar um i don't have like a specific memory but that time also when we ended up saying like, right, these are the four perfumes finished we're launching with. So when you were done with your evaluation and I was done refining and that we could say to each other, that's it, we have four perfumes. Yeah. I think it was so, I mean, the work that went into it was amazing and, you know, created a lot of happiness but i think for me like the the moment where we went like both of us like yeah that's it yeah. we have four perfumes i think it's yeah. amazing yeah like mm. like proud parents <laughs> yes exactly so next question is which talent would you most like to have mm. uh i'd love a bit i'm gonna echo what i said earlier about um a quality i would love to have is um i would love to be better at selling myself i find it really hard well i i took this like very frivolously (laughs) um the (laughs) talent that i that i wish i had i i would love to be able to sing okay so oh like if i could sing i would be happy especially if i could um sing and sound good Number 18, if you could change yeah. one thing about yourself, what would it be? And we can change it to if you could change one thing about the industry, what could it be? Um, well, I mean, the, the obvious thing to me um, is like something that we've, we've, be, we've talked about before, um, just a lot more transparency. Like if we're talking about the mm. in- industry, like there's a group of people within the industry that are like pushing for more transparency at every level. Um, it, it's just be nice to know, like, and, and it, it's apparent to me how secretive the industry is compared to other art forms or industries that, that deal with art. I, I don't know. Like I, I don't know what it's like compared to the music industry or the film industry or even mm. advertising, but like, uh, yeah, there's just a bit too much secrecy um, about mm. about things sometimes. For myself, I think I would answer uh, equal opportunities. 
whether I would love that there are more equal opportunities, whether it's about diversity. So, you know, more queer folk, more brown folks, more, you know, diversity of genders, etc. Or, you know, equal opportunity in terms of access. So as me, the perfumer, um, being able to, you know, access resources when I need them, that I can have access to more suppliers, to farmers, access yeah. to cheaper packaging, access to distribution. Like, yeah. All of this is so massively hard for independent perfumers. And, you know, if we don't create a way for equal opportunities, whether it's in terms of diversity or, you know, access for independent perfumers to create, then it's not going to be able to be sustainable for anyone. So like, you, the consumer, are going to lose a chance to smell some great stuff and I'm going to yeah. be stuck with commercial perfumes. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, mm -hmm. true. Um, that's a good answer. I like that. Uh, what do you consider your greatest achievement? <laughs> Very simply, it's just being able to launch a business in my 40s. Yeah. And still being able to, for now, live off of it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's that's pretty impressive as far as I'm concerned. There, I, I, this one when I looked at this question, like I honestly, I know this is cliche, um, but I, I can't think of anything other than I managed to um, co-raise a couple of amazing kids who are now mm. in there teens and have turned out to be wonderful humans and if i if i contributed to that then that i'm proudest of that achievement more than anything else with good reason i would yeah. do the same if i had the same uh, okay number 20 very easy um and i'm gonna leave it like this not about perfume so if you were to die and come back as a person or a teen what would it be you know, this was actually easier to answer than I thought it was going to be because I have you seen that movie, um, Everything Everywhere All at Once? Not yet, unfortunately. Okay. All right, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but when you watch the movie, this will make sense. But I want to come back as a rock, like <laughs> an, an inanimate, like you know, pretty much an inanimate object, but one that will never change basically oh that's sweet mm. see for me very easy um and i would just come back as a cat ah. and like someone someone's cat like yeah. if if someone like me owned that cat because yeah. i i yeah i just want a cat person to own me as a cat yes this okay. is what i would come back to but I, I, I want you to not be aloof and, uh, you know, like that with, with your cat owner, okay? I'll be whatever <laughs> I want to be. You don't tell me what to do. I'm a cat. <laughs> That's the perfect answer. Okay, That's a cat cool. answer. <laughs> yes, yeah. Okay, this one's going to be good. Where would you most like to live? Easy, Portugal. I knew you were going to say that. Um, easy, for, easy for me too, uh, Florence. Okay, next. What is your most treasured possession? And we can talk in terms of perfumes as well. Mm, um, I will say that I've, I've got, um, all I'll say is in terms of perfume, I have 
a couple of perfumes that were given to me as gifts from people mm. that like, you know, like are very important to me. So th- they are my most treasured um, possessions. I love my bespoke perfume from you. There you oh, go. it's so that's, funny that's because actually my answer is my answer is this. I think for me, my most treasured possessions. I mean, I don't own any like amazing vintage and stuff mm-hmm. like this, and even the expensive materials I own, like, are great. But it's to me, it's all the bespoke perfumes I made for everyone, um, and I kept all of them and all the versions of them and. You know, all the different variants I made for everyone I've ever made a bespoke perfume for. Because without you people and without these perfumes, I would never mm. do what I do now. Yeah. And, you know, I can see my progression. I can see learning about things. I can see myself discovering materials. I can see myself, you know, just translating people's deep, emotions or memories like it's yeah. it's so touching on so many levels like to me this is the most important work i have done as a perfumer yeah. is um, this so i i understand why you say it's the bespoke perfume because it yeah. is the same it's the same for me yeah and on a practical level you it, it even taught you to work to a brief as yeah. well like that you you wouldn't have um, that you don't have to worry about so much with with your, you know, the regular line for mascara. Mm. Um, all right, yeah. cool. All right, so what do you regard as the lowest depth of misery regarding our respective uh, roles as perfumer and evaluator? Um, yeah, you, it's you, easy to answer for me. Yeah, uh, okay, yeah. I'm going to answer this not just as a perfumer, but as a business owner, Mm -hmm. because that's also what I am. So usually when you own your own brand as a perfumer, being a perfume is about, I don't know, 20% of your work. And you do a lot, you wear a lot of other hats as Mm -hmm. a business owner. So for me, the lowest step of misery is accounting and admin. (laughs) Everything that has to do with not being a perfumer or creative, like please, kill me someone yeah that that would be that yeah this is difficult to answer because because for while for starters like we're not talking about my livelihood here like Mm. from my perspective so it's never that like practically serious for me um I think you know, like I, I, I think I, I still am very sensitive to criticism. Like I'm going to be honest here. Like I, I, I do feel like negative criticism, whether it's whether it's to do with the perfumes that I evaluated for you, or or even stuff when I when I get a negative comment uh, on one of my videos, for instance. Mm-hmm. Or and it's totally stupid, but like. Like it does affect me, and I I dwell on that that small that tiny percentage of negativity mm. way way too much compared mm. to the overwhelming positivity that I normally would get. Um, so mm. that that's that's kind of when I feel the most miserable, to be honest. Like you know, I it, I'm just being human, really. I mean, I I think that's a great answer too. Like where we are. We are human, you know, like, and this, this goes to what I was saying earlier, like there's people behind what you consume mindlessly, 
you know, like some people don't do it mindlessly and they really love, you know, let's stick to perfume. So they really love discovering perfumes, but, you know, you cannot just trash people's work, you know, as, as you would normally, like there is actual humans behind. So I understand. And that's normal. Like we're all getting affected. Even if you're used to, you know, criticism, like being, being, told in your face that what you do is stupid or that you suck is never fun for anyone. No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, and, and, you know, and I, I'm, I'm totally, I'm sorry if I'm getting sidetracked. I'm totally guilty of maybe being, uh, saying harsh things in my like time as, uh, as a, reviewer and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. But like, I, I, I hope that over time, I've become more mindful uh, of of that, um, and I try to be a little bit more sensitive with my language. And maybe not every time, but like it, it does sort of stay in the back of back of my mind anyway. Okay, number twenty four. What is your favorite occupation as you know, an evaluator, blogger, podcaster? Uh, I'll, I'll answer from from each kind of sort of hat um from evaluator i like i mean like i still get the pure excitement of smelling something new so like when Mm. i get a package from you with with new perfumes like it's like i finally get to see what's been going on in your head you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so that's exciting for me um you know like so that i i love that um and and also also seeing what what you then do like in response to any feedback that you get from me mm-hmm. like um uh like I'll, I'll never forget you know when the first time you sent me pistol um and mm-hmm. like we had talked about how you were um not confident with florals and all of that kind yeah. of thing and then you sent me that and like it was just like I smelled it and thought it was a complete perfume. So that was very exciting for me. Um, you know, from from my from a YouTube perspective, like I, I actually like I actually really like just um making the videos and the talking about the perfume. Mm-hmm. Um like if if I could just talk about perfume and make a video in a vacuum, <laughs> like I would just do that. But because I don't actually really love all the, I know it's a strange thing to say, but I don't actually really love all the results of me putting videos up about perfume. I know, it might not mm. make sense. I like the process of doing it. It's like a form of creating for me. Mm-hmm. But um, once it's out there, like I, I really, like I never really watch anything back. Like. Um, so yeah, anyway, that's, but that's what I like about it. What about you? What, what do you love about what excites you? Um, I mean, I think like the, when I first get ideas and I start building a story around it from a material perspective, I think it's a very exciting thing for me to do. So I get to play with my materials and, you know, start composing sentences you know in the form of accords or effects so this is i absolutely 
love doing that. Like, this is the most playful, pure childhood, you know, doing little potions in your room type of thing. So this is, to me, I absolutely adore that. Um, I think I love also the part where we make things together. So mm-hmm. when we, as, uh, after you smell stuff, when we discuss things, and um, we haven't done this in a while, actually. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. you know, you have things in, in, in the mail now, in the post uh, coming yeah. to you. And I cannot wait to discuss the next things we're working on. And um, because I really love this, like having that soundboard and your input and, you know, your perspective on what I've created and kind of for the first time having someone else encounter my work and this having for me the possibility to articulate my thoughts but also hearing it from someone else you know i think these moments are i love that this is amazing what is your most marked characteristic um as a perfumer Uh, so like is is this more like as a what do you think your your greatest attribute as a perfumer is or is it about style, maybe? I don't know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's I would interpret it like that. So you're like, mm. do you do you have a yeah? So do you have a big characteristic in your in your job or in your role, your work? I mean, I mean, if we're talking about style, I think this is super hard to evaluate um, oneself. Like doing that, I think is hard. Um. But I know how I think and how I create, and I hope this is what comes true. Is mm. you know, I I I'm I tend to be a maximalist in my head, where I, I when the worlds I invent are like you know Tolkien like in my head, like they're way too detailed, way too big. Yeah. Um. So I think. Like as an artist, as a perfumer, I try to bring, to simplify, to bring clarity of the things that I produce. But I think in the end, it's still like maybe the my perfumes probably still feel rich, but with some very clear intent in it maybe to some people it comes out as being a bit minimalist or yeah i don't know yeah you know it's a a difficult one (laughs) yeah this is a difficult one to answer like um i i guess from my perspective as either an evaluator or even a reviewer is that i think that regardless of what the brief of a perfume is or what the inspiration was of it that if if I connect with a perfume, I can relate it to all my experience and my imagination, mm-hmm. my f- feelings about it. So, like I, so I can interpret a perfume completely my own way that you might interpret totally. And I'm not talking about smelling something different, but mm-hmm. just the way it makes me feel. So that that would be part of my evaluation, part of my mm-hmm. reviewing. Um, how does this perfume make me feel? And like, and and we've definitely like experienced it with some of our perfumes where, you know, mm-hmm. you you have a 
a sense of something with this and and I interpret it slightly different, mm-hmm. you know, like um, but but I, I guess that's you know, like that's I mean, probably everyone's like that anyway, but I yeah. I kind of like that I let myself sort of get mm-hmm. lost with with the perfume a little bit. No, I think it's important if you want to create yeah. something interesting anyways. Like it needs to be felt, you know, in yeah. the end. It's art. We're nearly at the end, Marie, okay? So we can do this. Okay. <laughs> okay um, 26, and you can edit this out if you want, but yeah. 26 I'm going to ask. We're going to make it super simple. If yeah. The original question was, what do you most value in your friends? So I'm going to ask, what do you most value in me? And I'm going to tell you what I most value in you. Um, well, I, I mean, I must value in you the fact that I, I can, that, that we can have a fantastic, like personal relationship relationship. And Mm. I can still tell you what I, what I think about the perfumes that I'm evaluating, Mm -hmm. like, um, and, and just be like, I mean, that, that's really important anyway, because if I, if I, like I'm worried about you hurting, you know, like being too critical about something you create. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. it's the way you express that as well. Um, but I just value that we can still be um, honest with each other about mm-hmm. that. Like, and, you know, and obviously you can still say, no, actually I really like it like this anyway. And, and that's <laughs> it. Um, but, but yeah, but like I've, I value the most the fact that we've always been able to like talk like this from the start, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, yeah. Just I value the ease of of us. Absolutely. Um, and I will add to this. To me, um, is is actually I can I I never question like our let's say our working relationship, our friendship as well, and that because you have integrity so to me this is what i value the most because i know you have so much integrity and and also sensibility i think i can trust in the process that we have that we can say whatever we actually think or feel we can criticize what we think we can discuss things and this is not gonna change our relationship so i think your integrity creates a safe space yeah. This way. Who are your favorite writers? Um, either perfume related writers or in any genre, I guess. <laughs> this is so hard. Um okay, perfume related. Um I mean I don't have like this is the type of things I, I didn't prepare, so I don't have yeah, any yeah. Anyone coming to me right now? No, I can fine. say our our mutual friend Anna is a great writer, mm. um, and I also I love her to bits. I, she's a great human, um, and I like how she writes about perfume. Uh, it just shows like her immense respect, love of perfume just comes through her words. Absolutely. I will mention her like she's the one that comes at the top of my mind. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about and do you have favorite writers in in general? I I do have a couple. I'm just gonna name um, Clarissa Pinkola Estes, the woman who wrote 
Woman, Woman with the Wolves because yeah. that book changed my life. So I'm going to mention her. Yeah, cool. Um, p- perfume related, like, I, I mean, admittedly, I don't actually read a lot of bloggers uh, apart from people who write detailed reviews on on instagram as well but obviously anna is is my friend and i love the way she like puts all the passion into her writing but um our mutual friend jay from we are sentient writes Mm -hmm. really good detailed reviews and one of my favorite um bloggers has always been claire vukovic um from take one thing off um, mm-hmm. who I'm trying to convince to do a podcast with me, but um, I have to work a bit harder for that. Um, and, and Maybe this fiction, is going to work now. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, fiction, uh, like, you know, I, the, I, I really enjoy Tom Robbins um, as, a, as a writer of fiction, but mm. I don't really – I like Bill Bryson's writing, so um, yeah. you know, he's, he's always yeah. fun to read. Um, yeah, I so then you just mentioned this. I would say Douglas Adam from yeah, The Hitchhiker's yeah. Guide to the Galaxies on yeah. top of my yeah. all time favorite books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next question Who is mm-hmm. your hero of fiction? So I think I interpret that as do you have uh, mm-hmm. a hero in uh, a fictional character as a hero? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to make this very short as well because I could say stuff about this for a long time. But I think I w- when I read that question, like to me immediately, I go to mythology because I I think mythology is like the OG, you know, stories that we've told ourselves. So I love me a good, vengeful, take no shit goddess story in general. So Kali, Inanna, Artemis, I love uh, like these would be my heroines, would be yeah. badass goddess that just okay. took no shit. Okay. But, uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just going to give one answer. I won't go into any detail about it, but it's always been Count Dracula. Ooh. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yes. Number 29, the original question was, which historical figure do you most identify with? But we're going to yeah. transform it as, which perfume do you most identify with? I mean, the the, the simple answer for me is um, going to be uh, Histoire de Parfum 1740, Marquis de Sade. Um, mm. It's basically... Because I I think I have worn that perfume more than any other perfume that I own. Um, I still love it, um, and like it's it's going to be the closest I ever get to what I would describe as a signature scent for me. Mm, wow! What about you? Oh. <laughs> so hard. Um. Uh... God, I don't know if I have to pick one. I mean, the only thing that that I think keeps coming for me is a perfume I've worn for such a long time. And, you know, there are phases in my life where I, I wear it less. Yeah. And I would say Fionn Aiguille from Celtic uh. Because of the kind of like the woody vibe and... Yeah, I think maybe this is 
Is that is that perfume like? Yeah. Do you do you have associations with like Christmas with that perfume? Like, because other no. people meant other people mentioned that. Um, I, I don't no. know if it's like the pine tree and the fruit in the fruits mm. in it. Um, yeah, I, I I would totally get that. Yeah. I would totally get that. But for me, it's more like just a forest perfume, and I like pines are my favorite trees, and just I just feel at home with that yeah. perfume. Like I'm in the middle of a pine forest, so. I would say that one. Okay, cool. Question 30, we've only got five left. Who are your heroes in real life, Marie? Um, Not anyone, uh, like, famous. I think think my heroes in real life are people that can keep having compassion and kindness even when life is horrific. I I think just this is this shows great human strength of spirit in general, and and right now the people, the doctors, um, mm. nurses, medical staff, trying to save lives despite horrific circumstances, and not just in Hassa, but in any other circumstances similar to this. It's just wow. Yeah, I I mean, it, it's difficult to answer any other way. Like, I, I will add to that. Basically, to me, um, again, no, no one, no one in particular, but anyone who sacrifices their their own, like, to an extent, their own lives, uh, not not giving, like, not dying for it necessarily, mm-hmm. but. Um, anyone who like is so selfless, but for the benefit of like a better world, you know, whether mm-hmm. whether it is saving lives in in war zones or people mm-hmm. trying to do something about climate change and any mm-hmm. kind of any other existential threat that that we we have, like you know, people. There's mm-hmm. a lot. A lot of people can talk about doing the right thing, but like I really. I really envy the qualities that people who actually mm-hmm. just shut up and do something about it. Yeah. Um, like, you know, I, that's something I wish I was more like. Okay, next one. This is a, this is a fun one, number 31. Mm. Um, original question is what are your favourite names? Uh, but I want to ask, what is your favourite perfume name in oh, existence? Wow, <laughs> okay. I... See, I should have. This is one I should have actually thought about, and now I'm gonna just have a quick um, uh, cheat. No, I, I do have a name, and it's not it's not for any other reason. It's like this. I I really like the name of this perfume because this was released in 1990, and I was like a young kind of like an older teenager back then. Um, but for me, it was like the epitome of sophistication because it was, um, you know, in conjunction with a very famous uh, TV ad for it. Um, mm. It's from Chanel, and I've always loved saying egoist. Oh, and good yeah. French accent. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm going to nominate that one. It's very simple, but I love it. Uh, for me, it's just because I love the image behind and I love why this perfume was created. 
is laughing with a mouthful of blood from Philly, Philly Green uh, Shadow. Uh, uh, what a great name. Laughing with a mouthful of blood is just chef's kiss. Well, I mean, having said that, I do have, I, I like most of the reason I got my most meaningful relationships was because it was called my most meaningful relationship. So, so that's another that's another one I like. Um, yeah, uh, cool. Sp- speaking of just people that can write about perfume, yes. James, if yeah. ever he cannot make perfume anymore, just needs to be a writer in yeah. general. Like, yeah. wow. I'll make his, sure he listens his, to this. <laughs> his writing is out of this world. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I will freely admit that I'm intimidated by his intellect. <laughs> he loves so, that. Yeah, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. Okay, what is it that you most dislike, A, in the industry? We may have touched this, touched on this already yeah. in that one, but what about notes or materials that you most dislike? So I guess, mm. you, you know, like maybe you don't dislike anything or maybe you do, but perhaps if it's not so much that you dislike them, do you find any mm. that are really difficult to work with? Yeah, absolutely. I think... To me, working with uh, Geosmin or Terrasol or any of these uh, molecules that are very earthy, I find it impossible. Like, wow. there are few materials that if I use it, that's the, or if it's in a perfume, that's the only thing I smell. I, I, I cannot smell anything apart from this, like a little bit like IBQ as well. I yeah. saw butylquinoline. But Josemin to me is the worst. I don't know if it's I'm particular, p- particularly more sensitive than normal. Like already, anyways, it's a type of molecule that you put one drop in an, an Olympic pool and you can still smell it. But for me, like, and I'm not like criti- criticizing perfumes that are using it. It's just I if this is in any way, shape, or form near me, that's the only thing I can smell. That's it. So I I cannot work with this, and I have a hard time when it is present in perfumes. Not that I don't think it's nice or interesting. It's just that's the only thing I can smell. I cannot smell anything else apart from yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you mentioned you mentioned one of mine, which is IBQ isobutylquinoline. Mm. Um, I, I think definitely when it's in overdosed in a perfume, it really to my note, I'm just really sensitive to it. Um, and I don't know mm-hmm. if it's the same for everybody else. Um, and the other one is more like, I, it's not that I dislike it, um, but uh, if if there's too much, um, if I smell too much ethyl maltol um, in a mm. perfume, um, you know, like I, it's very difficult to, to like. It's interesting See, to me, like I like... I like the trashiness of it. Like I love a good bimbo perfume. Yeah. Like, I don't care. I'll, I'll. I like it. I like Angel. I think yeah. it's a great masterpiece. I love when it's used, and especially if it's used in a way that's very cheeky and like in your face. And I will just own up to my bimbo ness. I just love it. I think but it's this great. Is, uh, this is a thing. I also, <laughs> I also love Angel. Like Angel was. One of the first perf- like perfumes I ever noticed, like a, a woman wearing, um, mm. and I really liked it. But I, I would have had no idea that's ethyl maltol that I was smelling. Mm. And 
So I'm I'm thinking more the way it's used rather than the ingredient it's itself. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Totally. All right. Okay, we're almost there. Okay. Yes. Okay. So next one. Uh, if we do have some number thirty-three, <laughs> is what is your greatest regret? Um, <laughs> Maybe it's uh, my greatest regret in terms of perfume you should have bought, and now they are discontinued. For example. Yeah, I, I, when it comes to perfume, I actually don't have any regrets. Um, mm. I'm definitely not um, a, uh, I, I like. FOMO person, like I, I wish I'd gotten this before it got discontinued, and like I, my attitude has always been: there are so many perfumes out there that mm. I'll find something else I love. You know, like I already have too many perfumes, so mm. it's not like <laughs> I, I have that that regret of not getting that particular perfume uh, you know i don't even care that much about reformulations my attitude's always been if something's reformulated you don't like it you stop buying it and and, and that's it um but but in ter- in general terms my greatest regret is always the things i don't say and the things i don't do i mean for me like i have only one regret of something i should have bought before uh, that got discontinued, but also I think I'm pretty sure it's easy to find. I just never tried, which is yeah. Low Ombre from Prada, yeah. oh, okay. um, which I absolutely adored when it came out, I think in 2010, something like this. Um, I just, I love that perfume so much. Um, and I haven't even smelled it since I finished that bottle like 10 years ago. So, but I remember I loved it a lot. I can still kind of smell it in my memory, but yeah. So maybe I should have bought more bottles before they discontinued it. And the second is like not having started being a perfumer sooner in my life. Yeah. I wish I did. Yeah. You know. Yeah, Marie, how would you like to die? <laughs> um, Just to cheer things up. Um, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, evidently, I don't want to suffer. No one wants to. Um, just, I don't know, with a great glass of wine in my hand watching a sunset. That would be it for me. I would like um, autos fix it. No, I'm not a joke. I'm going to definitely cut that out, okay? Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I, I also don't want to suffer. Um, and I guess, you know, like... Yours is pretty good and very difficult to top, but I wouldn't mind, you know, having uh, a wonderful, like, final evening, going to bed and not mm. waking up again, you know, like, mm. that, that'll do me. Okay, now our last question, um, which is, what is your motto? Look, if I'm answering honestly, my motto is to not have a motto. Like, um, really, it's my, my motto is really. If I had to make one up, it would be it would be uh, adapt and live, mm. Mm. because that's kind of what I try and do. Even even if it's like against my wishes, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but sometimes sometimes you just got to make the best of a shitty situation. Mm-hmm. I mean. 
I think you've articulated much more um, beautifully my motto, which is very similar. And I think mine is fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, what I like about that, what I like about that though, is that there, there's so much um, like meaning behind it, like a hidden meaning, like fuck it. Um, and it's, it's like a real just fucking get on with it and yeah let's just do this it's exactly but it's it's similar to what you were saying is right is just you know i tend to overthink things and then in yeah. the end i still end up saying like fuck it i should have probably done the first thing that popped into my mind um or the thing that i doubted for so long actually i was right all along feeling this way or wanting to do it this way even though it's hard or yeah you know life punches you in the gut and you're like yeah just you know walk it off fuck it <laughs> you yeah. might be wrong fuck it yeah yeah exactly. and, and, and that's it's so, my motto like, so cathartic to say as well like in like <laughs> you you can't beat you can't beat a good verbal fuck it <laughs> yeah and sorry for all the you know tender eared listeners this is how we're ending that I'll put podcast. a I'll put a an advisory warning um at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. Um my love my lovely friend, um, I know yes. you've got things to do. Um that was so much fun to do. And I, I'm actually feeling better than I did before we mm. started recording. Um I mean we can go back to being sad. Same. But um I really enjoyed seeing you and talking to you and we'll do this again very soon um yes it was fun talking to yeah. you too and i love that we were both able to answer yeah you know all the questions it was awesome fun all right um <laughs> i'll talk to you soon bye